Amen. So there are... Anyone who studied a little bit about the soul knows that in the soul there are different parts. There is our ability to think. There's our mochin, intellectual, intellectual part of the soul, or to create ideas and process ideas. Then there's an emotional part of the soul, part of our soul which has the ability to love and to hate and to fear. And then there is a power that controls the feelings. And that power is called desire, ratzon. Desire controls the feelings. So that you could actually change what you think about things depending upon what your desire is. And perhaps the conversation, political conversation, uh, is often affected by what we want. We want to see a certain thing happen. We, want a certain, we, we have a certain affinity to some political party or whatever. And therefore, our minds gravitate, they lean in, in that direction. But there's a power that is higher than desire. And this is the highest power of the soul. This power is called the power of pleasure. There are a lot of people that understand why people are afraid of darkness. But some people are afraid from afraid of light. They're afraid of, of being exposed to who they are and what they are. And in the book of formation, it says, the book of formation was written by Avram Avinu, by Abraham. Some say that Abraham got his information from Adam. And the book of, of formation, he writes, there's nothing higher than pleasure. There's nothing lower than disease. But the funny thing is that pleasure and disease had the same letters. The very same letters are for pleasure, the letters for disease. Although they are, the Book of Formation says that they are completely distant from each other. What's the difference between desire and pleasure? Desire is like, I want to build a home. I want to do kindness. I want to make a song. I want to dance. And when I do all those things and I, and I'm, and I finish building the home and I do the act of kindness, then I have pleasure in what I did. So desire is what motivates me to go out of myself. And then after I do what I wanted to do, then I'm able to be within myself to enjoy. Our pleasure is when we connect with something. Our pleasure connects us to things. It's a very, our, our desire pushes us to do things. And our pleasure is what connects us and makes us part of something. So there is different, there are different kinds of pleasure. There's holy pleasure. And then there's the opposite. There's the opposite of holy pleasure. And where your pleasure is, that's where you are. So let's learn today how to reach real, true pleasure. How to really experience pleasure. There is something funny again about the fact that the highest thing, pleasure and lowest thing, disease, are the same letters. That tells us, as it says, in the, as Arizal writes, that even disease, learning about this week, different kinds of disease, that, that last learning about disease that comes upon a person, um, for, as the Talmud says, we're all familiar, that the Talmud says that there was a disease called Taras, that the person got because he spoke ill of others. And this week the Torah continues and talks about something else. Also a disease, not a disease on the skin, but a disease on a home. And it's very funny the way the Torah introduces the, the, the disease on the home. The Torah says like this, I will give you, it sounds like it's a present, I will give you a disease in your house. And, it, and the law is, that if the disease has stayed there for a while, the disease, the, the, the law is you must break the home. And yet God says, I'm giving this to you as a present. Why is that a gift? It seems the opposite. So the Talmud answers, Rashi brings down, that when the Jewish people were approaching Israel, while they were in the desert, the, there were seven nations that lived there. One of them was the Amorites, and they had lots of possessions. 
And when they knew the Jews were going to approach and they're going to, they're going to be victorious against them in battle, they hid all of their gold and their silver in the walls of their home. And so God caused the disease to come upon the home. So when the Jewish people would come and destroy the home because of the disease, they should be able to discover that pleasure. I wish Mashiach would just tell us that. Just, just to hear the Mashiach. I'm coming, <laughs> don't worry. Sometimes we need to hear that, you know? <laughs> Anyways, so the Rashbi, Rabbi Shemba Yochai said that uh, God promised us wealth when he came to Israel, and that's why there had to be this disease upon the homes in order that we should discover the wealth. Now, there are many ways, I mean, everyone here is a businessman, you guys are all into making money. There are many ways of making money. Not always have to break your house to make money, right? There are easier ways, right? <laughs> A friend of mine told me yesterday, he, said, he says, I discovered that working hard doesn't make you money, so I decided to stop working hard. <laughs> so, so, so the question though is, why is it that God wants us to, to give us this gift through breaking our home? Is that the only way? What does that mean? So there is another reason for this disease. The Talmud says that sometimes this disease came because this person stole something. The person stole something and said, hey, you stole something. So the guy would hide in his house, and because the house was destroyed, all of a sudden the things that he stole were exposed. Another opinion in the Talmud is that Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel says that a person was very stingy, he was tzat'ayin, he was stingy, so then this disease would come upon his house, he would say, I got nothing, I got nothing. And then the disease would come upon him, you, don't, you, you didn't want to lend the ankle a hammer, there's your hammer. You didn't want to lend, lend the ankle your, your, your Tesla, there's your Tesla. So, <laughs> so, so, so that's that's the meaning of the the purpose of the disease is in order to expose that this 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 person in order to to as a as a consequence for him being stingy or him being or or for theft. So what what disease really is is when our pleasure is not in the right place. We don't know how to use our pleasure. We don't know how to, how, to, how to assimilate and process the pleasure that we have in our soul. That's where disease starts from. As the Rizal says, disease is really, says that Rizal, is a very lofty light of Hashem. It originates, the source of disease is a very lofty light of Hashem. And, but we draw this light in the wrong place, we bring it to the wrong place, and that's how it emerges as a disease. But it's really it's a good thing. And that's why the halacha is, until the Kohen says, you have disease, it's not a disease. Why? Because it's not organic, it's not... It isn't a disease on its own. It's something that becomes a disease, but its source is a very lofty light of Hashem. So, interesting thing, because of this, where does the disease come upon you? It comes upon your skin. And who does it come upon? The Torah says it comes upon an Adam. There are four titles for man. Four titles are Adam and Ishgever. And Adam is the highest of all titles for man. Adam is, means Adam el someone who's very spiritual, it's called an Adam. So yet the Torah says this Adam gets his disease. Why? Because it's not something which is which is really we're talking about someone who's really good, who's doing well, amazing person, amazing person, and yet he has a nega. Nega means something touched him. Something, it's on the outside, it's on the periphery. It's not himself. It's not inside him. It's something that it touched him on the outside, on his skin. And the truth is, the greater the person is, the more of there is, is there a need to teach him when he's not using his pleasure. When he has something special to give, that's why there's a special need that God has to give him this disease in order to direct him to pay attention to what he has inside to his gift, to his pleasure. So, sort of like in the physical destruction of the house to find the treasures, so too sometimes God sends a person a disease 
And the purpose of this disease is to help you discover the treasure you have inside yourself. People used to think that everyone who, anyone who's autistic were people who, autistic people were people who were um, insensitive. They don't have any, they can't feel people. They're in their own world, they're not in touch with anybody. And they put all autistic people in the same category. And they discovered, uh, Professor Kimmel, Henry, they discovered that there's not, there's not only one kind of autism, and this, this, the, the way they discovered is very interesting. There was a guy who had a son who was autistic. He was classified as autistic. And he's thinking, like, my son's not autistic. Autistic means someone who's so insensitive, sensitive to others in their own world, can't feel people. You know, my son was in kindergarten, first grade, and pre one A. You know what he would do? And another kid would get yelled at by the teacher. He wouldn't go to sleep at night. This kid got yelled at by the teacher. When he would see another kid in the school, he would hug them and kiss them. He doesn't not feel people. He feels people very, very strongly. How can you say he doesn't feel people? It's, imp- it's impossible. And so he went to a psychiatrist and he discovered the opposite. Something amazing. These, these professors said that autism doesn't mean that people, the children or adults that don't feel other people. Rather, it's the opposite. Because they have such a, such a strong feeling for others and they meet someone, oh, they hug them and kiss them. The other guy's like, whoa, dude, why are you hugging and kissing me? Like, it's just, just Wednesday afternoon. Like, what, what happened? So, didn't the teacher yell at you? I'm so sorry, I'm crying, I'm crying. And, and, and they really cry. And, and the reason is because they have this very powerful sense of feeling, and they don't know how to control it. They don't know how, what happens. They say in, in, in the Ivrit, there's an expression, if someone gets singed by, uh, by, by hot water, he won't put his finger into warm water either. If you if you get hurt by hot water, so what happens? The kid goes over to the kid in first grade. Hi, Shalom And everybody walks into kindergarten. The guy is a normal guy. He doesn't have any issues. But I remember the first time walking to kindergarten, this kid says, "I could do a karate chop." I'm like, whoa! Uh, so what happens when you say whoa? The other kid's like, something the matter with me? And they're subconscious. They close. They close. They, they, they put their feelings back in themselves, and they and they don't want to um, any more, more hurt themselves by revealing their feelings because they don't know how to use their own. They don't use their pleasure. They have this great gift, this great sensitivity. They don't know how to use it. What happens is, imagine the same child would learn how to use, how to relate to people, and to use his wonderful heart in a way that people could appreciate. Then he would be able to, you know, to come out of himself. So the Alter Rebbe tells us. The result tells us, if you see that you have a disease, you should know that disease is related to, to, to pleasure. There's something very lofty going on. It's not just something external, something very deep going on. Every one of us has, so to speak, a mitzora, has this disease inside of us. There are people that, you know, a guy was telling me the other day, I will not tell the secret I'm about to tell you, I haven't told my children, I haven't told my wife, I haven't told anybody, I have something that I can't tell to anybody, I can't look in the mirror and say this to myself. You know, we have these things. We have a lot of things we don't want to tell anybody. And, but the truth is that if you would look in the mirror, you would be able to, to look at what's going on, you'd be able to heal yourself if you knew what the issue was. So when we feel something wrong with us, we feel this disease inside of us, it's a voice from Hashem we have to pay attention to. We feel something that's stopping us from experiencing the real pleasure. Where does pleasure come from? What's pleasure about? What is the real pleasure? Pleasure is, satisfaction is from fulfilling the purpose that you came to this world for. We were all built to enjoy and, and appreciate deeply fulfilling the purpose that we, that we fulfill in this world. When you're 
when you're bizrima, when you're flowing in that direction that you know you're doing what God wants you to do and you're, you're, you're there for the purpose you were created for, you're doing that, you feel, you open up, you feel, you feel great, that's pleasure. And sometimes you're, you're uh, not feeling that, you're not feeling that great sense of satisfaction and you don't know why. The Torah says that Mashiach is called a Mitzor, he's the one who has this disease. Mashiach has this disease? That means on a pers- each of us have a spark of Mashiach in us. The way to be redeemed, the way to free yourself, is by going face to face with that thing that's preventing you from experiencing that pleasure and, and acknowledging, not to feel bad about it, not to feel bad about it, but that, that disease that we have, is like a sh- a sh- that, that, uh, that uncomfortable feeling that we have, that we're not fulfilling with the, re- the reason we're here, that's a good feeling. It's a positive thing. It's a healthy thing in order to help us discover what we need to what we need to do. It, it's a voice. It's, Hashem is telling us something with that. With that. With that. With that. We, we feel stuck. We feel we, we can't be our that that fen- sense of 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 um, pain is actually the source of your Mashiach, the source of your redemption. That's how you could be who you need to be. Every pain in the body, any headache, any pain, is because the energy in the body is not flowing in the right direction. That's where pain comes from. The, the body is flowing. And things aren't going the direction they're meant to go, and therefore there is this, this. So sometimes you see a child, child is screaming at everybody, or worse, a child is apathetic, is not talking to anybody. You need to listen to the child. Sometimes a child is, is doing that because he doesn't feel anyone hears him, and I have to listen with, to Gesund. Sometimes a child, you know, he, 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 he's closed up into himself because he feels nobody can hear him. And you have to really, not with your mind, but listen, not with your ears, but with your heart to the child. So the child will want to talk because he feels no one can, no one can hear him. That, and that's the way that the child could, could get healed. So there was a guy, a true story. There's a guy who was in a car accident. After his car accident, he, for years, he couldn't talk, he couldn't hear. He'd also make sounds. Instead of talking here, he'd just make sounds. And not important how they discovered, they discovered this guy actually could speak a little bit. I mean, he, he had vocal cords weren't functioning properly. His ears weren't functioning properly. And so he thought he was talking to everybody, but he didn't know he wasn't. Because his ears, it took a year, so decades. So in a similar way, we have inside of us a feeling of jealousy, or a feeling of anger, or a feeling of lack of self-confidence. That those are, are, are things that we need to look at and say thank you to Hashem when we feel those feelings to know this is what I need to work on. This is what's stopping me from being who I'm meant to be. This is this is a voice Hashem is talking to me and saying something. And when, when a couple, Khashashom, they have an issue in their marriage and, and they're able to acknowledge like this is the thing that's this is what's what's going on, this is what's behind everything, they're able to open up, they're able to feel. I heard an incredible analogy from Yossi Jacobson, I think I might, might have shared it with you. A couple goes on a on a on a uh, a trip to a wedding in Montreal. They drive from New York to Montreal. They come to Montreal and they buy the wedding. And uh, by the wedding, the uh, wife of this man calls him over for the men's side because a friend of hers has an idea for a shidduch for one of their cousins. They go over. What is it? And they discuss it. That's ah, not even. It's, it's a ridiculous idea. Okay. He goes back to his seat. He comes back to his seat, and the chicken is gone already. No chicken. And then the babysitter calls. Come home. They have to now drive home, and he misses dinner. They go in the, they go back in the car, and 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 you know his wife's looking to have a nice you know conversation for the next eight hour drive, but he's anything she says he cuts him off she he cuts him off, cuts her off and he disagrees with her and, he's, and and if he was honest with himself he wants to save the relationship and let 
If he doesn't say anything to her, a part, relationship, a part of their relationship dies because she loses her trust in him. But if he would be honest, he would say, it's not you, it's the chicken. <laughs> I need chicken. Men need chicken. I don't have the chicken, and therefore it doesn't matter what you say, I am not ready for it now because I need the chicken. So in a similar way, in ourselves, we can have all these kinds of feelings behind something else that, that, that Hashem is giving us a message with those, with those negative feelings. I want to tell you an amazing... Uh, I'll let you guys go. Give me two, two minutes, I'll let you guys go. There's amazing teaching from Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov says, if you see people dancing, and you don't know why they're dancing, it could be the Baal Shem Tov says, you don't hear the music that they are, that they, that they are hearing. It could be there's lots of music going on, but you don't hear the music. You see someone moving, someone's excited, you don't know what's going on. Sometimes our ego prevents us from hearing what's going on in, 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 in around us. What, what's really, the, what, the That's ma- my problem. <laughs> <laughs> don't delay this. So the Torah says, there's a guy, the guy has this issue. What's his issue? The issue has his, all these treasures. And people think Lashon Hara is a bad thing, and therefore you shouldn't talk at all. You know, everyone points to the book of the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim was a great tzaddik wrote a book about how careful you have to be about what you say. People think the Chafetz Chaim must have never spoken, right? Because he's saying, <laughs> he always spoke about how, the, as the Torah says, life and death is in the hands of the tongue. So everyone thought the Chafetz Chaim was like, must have, been, you know, must have always never spoken to anybody. No, it's not true. One of his grandsons said the Chafetz Chaim would speak and speak. You know why? He spoke to give life. He spoke, he spoke and he animated people and he, and he taught people and inspired people. When we say life and death is in the hands of the tongue, doesn't mean you shouldn't speak. It means you should say the words that you could, that could, could, could give someone something. So that's what the Torah says. What's the advice for someone who has What's this the disease? The is uh, like uh, you can call it lashonara. She sleep with this guy and uh, he sleep with her and everything. No, it's not kind of lashonara. I, I, th- I think it's a bigger subject than today, and I, and I promise two minutes. But, well, but let's talk about it. <laughs> so, so bottom line is. Sometimes our arrogance prevents us from doing, from really enjoying life, from preventing us from, from, we always say, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this, you have something to give the world, some way to help, you have an idea of helping someone, you have the idea of doing something that will help people, and you stop because maybe it's not going to work, or maybe it's not for me, or maybe I can't do it. But to throw away the maybe, throw away the maybe. It's our arrogance that makes us say, oh, I don't want to do this because I might not do it right and people won't think good about me. It's, our, it's arrogance. There, there is a positive arrogance and a negative arrogance. You, you could, the Torah says that the tikkun, the way to fix this guy who spoke nashon hara, what's a tikkun? He takes two birds. One birds talk a lot, right? Birds are always chirping. So there's two birds. One bird is slaughtered. One bird is sent in the field. What does that tell us? There's a type part of your speech. When you speak negatively about somebody, you injure your own individuality. You hurt yourself. So you have to fix it. There's something there. There's something good inside you, but you have to fix it. How do you fix it? You have to stop speaking negative and also to actually slaughtering one bird and to send the other bird in the field. Sending the other bird in the field means you have to say what you're able to say. It, it says in Sefer Hasidim, it says if you have an idea that God gave you and you don't share it, you don't write it, you're stealing the, stealing the one who gave it to you. Who's the one who gave it to you? God. God gives us stuff to give to other people. Torah is inheritance of all the Jewish people. It says if someone is able to teach Torah and doesn't teach Torah, he's considered a mass murderer. Why is a mass murderer? Because he has something he's able to give life to people with. Not only if, you have, if you're a rabbi and you can teach Torah. It means you're able, you're able to warm up someone. You're able to give, direct someone. You're able to, you have something to give. So this, this, this disease is, is, could be you're feeling like all negative because you're not acknowledging the gifts Hashem has given you and you're not letting them come out. You're not, not sharing them. 
That's the meaning of the guy who has saras, what the Torah say, break the house. The, the, the breaking the house is a gift. There's a lot of treasures there. And the, the, the uncomfortable feeling he has, he doesn't feel good, it's, it's a gift because Hashem is giving him to direct him to, to exploring, as Hillel said, I'll leave the conclude with this. Hillel said, Hashbalati, Hagbati, 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 Hashbalati. My lowliness is my greatness. My greatness is my lowliness. What does that mean? My lowliness is that I realize that all the gifts I have aren't from me, it's from Hashem. And when I realize who has given me what Hashem has given me, I realize that all the things that Hashem has given me, so then I'm able to, have a, I feel power, I feel strength, and I feel purpose, I feel to do something with that. But on the other hand, if I feel, I feel, oh, I have all these great things, I'm so amazing, then I have to say, oh, actually, it's not me, it's not me. So anyways, Hashem shall help us all. Tell you a story, or I'll let you guys go. One more story, what do you say? You raise your hand. You raise your hand. One more story. Tell us some great stories. No, seriously. One story. Tell you one story, let you guys go. The mom is the last story. You guys deal? One story? Okay, the story is, there was a woman, her name was Rachel Schiff. She was a, she was living in Vienna. In Vienna, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, opera stars over there. There are great opera houses there. And someone noticed her, she came from a very Hasidic family, and someone noticed her and said to her, you know, you could really make it in the opera, and, she, and he offered her a great position. And she was from a religious family, and her father was very, very upset about this. And he brought her to the town rabbi, and the town rabbi speaks to her, and he, she's not really interested in what he has to say. He said, come with me to the Kapishan Serebbe. There was a, a tzaddik visiting the town then, there, then his name was Yitzhak Meir, he, he was this great tzaddik. And this great tzaddik says to this girl like this, he says, so tell, me the re- tell me the truth. What do you want to accomplish by being in the opera? Is it that you want to have fame? Do you want to have glory? Do you want to have money? What is it that you're looking for in the opera? So the girl thinks to herself, and she says, I, I, want, I, want, I want the, the honor. I want to I want have my name out there and to you know, have a gift. I want to share it. I want to, I want to have the prestige that this gift brings. You know, that it's also Kiddush Hashem. It's also something we, we've sanctified God's name. The Jewish girl can sing in such a way. It's, so he said to her, what would you do if I promised you that you'll have a child? And your child, the greatest wish of every, of every woman is to have a, a child that will bring nachas, I mean, pleasure to Jewish people. What if I told your child will illuminate the world and he will, he, people listen to him and look at his words for what the Torah God wants, and even in the next world, when God forbid you pass away, even in Oma Ba and Ganeiden, you will still have nachas from your child who's guiding the whole world. She started to cry. What did he do? What did Rabbi do? He touched what, what was motivating her. She had pleasure in what she was doing, but the pleasure was in the wrong place. Pleasure was in the fame. Where was it really coming from? Was it coming from her soul's feeling that she wants to have the real pleasure of having such a child? She said, I agree. And he promised her. Her child was the famous of Shmuel Vazner. Shmuel Vazner who was the one of the world-class halachic authorities in our generation, that was her child. And he once asked his mother, uh, basically his mother, his mother said to him, you have no idea how much I sacrificed for your Torah study. Study the Torah. Anyways, Hashem shalom us all. We should all recognize the gifts that we have and we should know who we are and share it. And that's, a, that's a meaning of real redemption. Real goal of. So the real goal of. Wonderful. Wonderful.